We are on Ksubis Samach Zayin, Amin Aleph 67a, towards the top. And we were just discussing in the last class about the daughter of Nakdimon ben Gurion, the daughter of this very wealthy man who lost all of his money to the point where his daughter was trying to look for barley, to look for food amongst animals, amongst the dung of animals. And we explained why he lost his money. What was the reason that he lost his money? He didn't give tzedakah or he didn't give tzedakah properly. He did it for his own honor or he didn't give enough tzedakah, enough charity as he was a person of, uh, of great wealth. So we have one more line, really one more idea from this story and then we'll continue on with a new topic. Tanya, it is taught in Abraisa, about the fifth line from the top. Amar Belazer Rebbe Tzadik, Belazer Rebbe Tzadik said, Ereb it's like he takes an oath about uh, for comfort about uh, the building of the temple. This is the time period after the destruction of the temple. He says that I saw her, I saw the daughter of, of uh, Nakdimon ben Gurion, who was walking around for gathering barley from uh, amongst the, uh, the horses in Akko. In, in the city of Akko, Karasila, I called her Mikrazeh. I said the following verse, that it, that it fits with the following verse, the following pasuk. Imlo, this is in Shir Ashir, in the Song of Songs. Imlo tedi lacha hayafa ben lach hayafa benashim tzeilach bikvi atzon rei es gidiosayach amishkenos haroim. The verse about that uh, they they are uh, shepherding their animals and. Um, and their kids, he says, not to read it as their kids, but as your body, that uh, when you're walking around the animals, we reach the point where we have to save ourselves. And that's what she was doing. She was walking around the animals trying to save herself with just the bare minimum, just to find uh, some amount of food, uh, which is uh, a display of the Chorban, display of the destruction of the temple, as this was happening to her, um, together with the rest of the destruction that the Jewish people were experiencing, and that she's experiencing this uh, situation where she goes from uh, uh, being part of a very wealthy family to the family losing their all of their money to the point where she has to search for food from amongst the animals. Okay, that's the end of that discussion. We'll begin a new topic in the Gemara, and hopefully this will lead us until the next Mishnah. We mentioned in the last Mishnah, the last two Mishnayos that we have been discussing, the concept of a dowry, that the father of the girl brings in certain amount or certain items into the marriage. And we said, depending on what it is, uh, when the marriage ends, either they get divorced or the husband dies, so then he has to, the husband would have to pay back the dowry. But how much does he pay back? Well, if it's money, if it's item, if, sorry, if it's money, so then the, the expectation is that he will invest that money and he will have uh, more money, he will gain from it, he'll have certain gains, and so therefore he has to pay back 150%. He has to pay back 150% from what he received at the end of the marriage. And if it's items, so then those depreciate in value. If it's items, specific items, over time it depreciates. And for that, he pays back only 80%. He pays back less because it depreciates in value. The Gemara will now discuss, well, what about gold? What is the status with gold? Uh, because we'll see that maybe it's gold is used as currency, maybe it's not used as currency, maybe it doesn't, even if it's an item, it doesn't depreciate. 
So Amar Shaman Bar Abba, Amar Bilchanan, Rabilchanan says, Ichnisalozab, Shamanosov Ari Kishabio. That if a, if a gold is given to them as part of the dowry, so then it doesn't have the status of either one. It is not, neither money, it's neither currency, and it's also not an item which depreciates in value. It uh, retains its value, it doesn't go down in value, especially perhaps some of the commentators uh, add that uh, it's, uh, it's not used as often, it's gold, it's precious, uh, and so therefore it won't depreciate in value. Mesave, we have two questions. We'll have two questions. Question number one is, we have the following b'risa. Hazav ariu kikelem. The b'risa says, gold is like its own, it's like its, sorry, not its own, but its uh, kalem, its vessel. So what vessels are we talking about? My love kikelem shal kasev depaksi. Aren't we talking about vessels of silver, which depreciates in value? And isn't the point of this b'risa to tell us that no, a bar of gold depreciates in value, and therefore you should only pay 80%. The Gemara says, no. No, we're saying that broken pieces of gold, the idea here is that broken pieces of gold is just like a full piece of gold and it retains its value. It uh, does not depreciate. The Gemara asks, this is the, the, the question that it asks, it will not answer it until much later, but if that's the case, so then the language of the Brisa, the Brisa itself says that gold is like vessels. But if it's like golden vessels, it should say like its own vessels. It, should say, it could say a broken piece of gold is like its own vessels. Why does it say like vessels, implying that we're not referring to gold anymore, which would mean that it depreciates? No, it should say like its vessels, like its own vessels. Why does it say in general terms like vessels, it should say like its own, referring to vessels of gold, which do not depreciate in value. That is question number one. We will leave aside question number one. We'll get back to it much later. But let's focus now on question number two. And the Gemara will answer question number two first and then answer question number one. Va'od, we have another b'risa. Tanya, it's on a b'risa. This b'risa will have a dispute. There will be an argument in this b'risa. We'll try to figure out what exactly is the argument about. And then based on that analysis and figuring out what exactly they're arguing about, we will see that the first opinion, who we follow, the Tanakama holds that it doesn't retain its value. Let's see. Tanya, The first opinion says, gold is like kalim, it's like vessels, we don't know which vessels. If it's coins of gold, coins of gold, so then that's like any other currency, where you'd have to pay back 150%, because it's an investment. Rabbi says basically in a place where the coins of gold are not used as currency, so then it retains its uh, value. It does not go, we don't pay 150%, we don't pay 80%, we pay the regular amount. The question is, which case was Rabbi Shemuel going on? Was he talking about bars of gold or was he talking about gold in terms of coins as currency? Which case was he referring to? So that's what the Gemara asks. We had two cases according to the first opinion. One where it was bars of gold, the other one where is where it was Coins of gold as currency. So, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, ahai, which, which case is he commenting on? If he's talking about the second case, the second case we're talking about coins of gold, and Rabbi Shimon Gamliel is coming along and saying, you should know that if it's not used as currency, so then we just pay back however much was brought in, he pays back, he did not pay back 150%, it's not viewed as currency, because it's, uh, it's not, it, in that place it's not currency. So then, what was the first person thinking? What was the first Tana? The first position says 
that it goes up in value uh, because it's like uh, it's like currency. If it's like currency, uh, it goes up in value, and the the husband will have to pay back at the end of the marriage one hundred fifty percent. But why should that be? If we're talking about in a place where it's not acting as currency, there's no reason to assume that it's like currency. There's nothing to invest in with with these coins. Nobody uses these coins. What would the logic be behind that? So it must be Elavarisha. Must be going on the first case. What was the first case? The first case was gold. Was it could be broken gold, as we'll see potentially, but bars of gold that it's like kalim. It's like vessels. So that's where Rabbi Shimon comes along and says, "Well, if it's like vessels, it's like vessels of silver." That's what Rabbi Shimon says. Silver meaning it depreciates in value. Sorry, that's the meaning of the Tanakama. The first opinion is saying it's, it depreciates in value. It's like vessels of silver. Comes Rav Shingham Lil and says no. Again, in that case where it's bars of gold, not, not, not currency, not gold coins, but bars of gold, Rav Shingham Lil will say that no, it's, it, it retains its value. The first opinion says that it's like vessels of silver, which depreciates in value. And therefore, at the end of the marriage, the husband would have to pay back 80% according to the First opinion, according to Rishon Galil, it retains its value. It's, you have to pay back and return the same amount. So this is how the Gemara understands it. So the problem is that we follow the first position. We follow the first position who says that it uh, it goes down in value, it depreciates in value, but that goes against Rabbi Yochanan. So how can Rabbi Yochanan say that it retains its value like the second opinion, like Rav Gamaliel, the first opinion who we follow says that it depreciates in value. So to this, the Gemara says as follows: two answers. Answer number one is that we have it all wrong. No, Rav Gamaliel is not commenting on the first case. He's commenting on the second case. Oh, we asked if he's commenting on the second case. Gold coins. Talking about gold coins, well, if it's gold coins, well, that's a problem because what was the first position thinking to say that uh, it's an investment? How could it be viewed as an investment if we're talking about a case where it's not viewed as currency, even though it's a coin, but it wasn't the currency of the day? So the more answers we're talking about is a case where it's not currency, but it is currency. It's used sometimes. If necessary, it's used. It's not the regular currency, but it could be used. So to that, there's an argument. The Tanakama, the first opinion, says... Since it's used sometimes, so therefore uh, he would have to pay back 150%. It could be used as an investment, according to Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. No, since it's not used as currency, unless you really, really need it, so therefore you would have to pay back just the amount that was put in, not above and beyond that. And so that's one way of explaining it. And if that's the case, the argument is not about the first case. And then the first case could be that gold is um, retains its uh, retains its value. It's like... It's like a gold, uh, gold kalim, uh, gold vessels. Alternatively, really, the, we have to reread the entire brisa. There was uh, words that were missing, and some explained because of our analysis, we have to understand and know that there must have been words that were missing, and this is how you have to read it. And it's all it's all one opinion. We don't have two opinions in the brisa. That gold is like the their own vessels where it retains its status. It doesn't change its status. If you have a 
broken piece of gold that's uh, retained its status. And if it's a gold coin, so then it's an investment. Essentially, that when it's a gold bar, so then it's like uh, gold vessels, which do not depreciate. And when it's gold coins, so it depends. If it's used as currency, so then the husband has to pay back 150%. It should be used as part of an investment. It goes up in value. Pay back 150%. But if it's not used as currency, so that's what Rabbi Shimon Ben Gamliel says, that if it's not used as currency, so then it just retains its value. And one pays back, uh, the husband would have to pay back just the amount that was put into the marriage based on it. It's not used as currency. It's not used for an investment. That's how we resolve the second question. So at the end of the day, the Gemara had a question from this Brisa based on the first opinion of the Brisa. How we understand that first opinion of the Brisa depends on when, at which place Rishon Gamliel is arguing on the first opinion of the Brisa. So the Gemara gave two answers, two ways to resolve the issue. Either Rishon Gamliel is arguing on the second point. Alternatively, there, there's no argument here. There's, oh, we have to reread the Brisa because there's really only one opinion. In the end of the day, we still have the first question. Mikomakom kekelev mibayalei. At the end of the day, we had the first question, which was, we had a brysa. Uh, so again, Rabbi Yochanan is of the opinion that gold uh, retains its value. We had a question that says that gold is like vessels. And if it's like gold vessels, which do not depreciate, so then it should have, should have used the language of kekelav, like vessels of its own, of its own kind of gold. Why didn't, why didn't it say that? That's a strong question. So the Gemara says, either kasha, it's a good question, Alternatively, how do we explain it? We explain it as follows. Rashi explains that the, that really, when it says it's like vessels, it doesn't mean gold vessels, it means silver vessels, i.e. it depreciates in value. However, it's a specific case. It's a case where it's really broken pieces of gold. Broken, unusable pieces of gold. That depreciates in value. That would depreciate in value. When Rabbi Yochanan says that it retains its value and does not go down in value, that's when we're talking about a, a whole piece of gold, not one which is broken. If it's a broken piece of gold, which is breaking apart, so that depreciates, that does go down in value. But if it's a regular case of a, of a bar of gold, so then that would not go down in value, that would retain its value. Okay, that is the discussion of Rabbi Yochanan. We have a few more lines until the next Mishnah. Omar Rabiana. Rabiana says, When it comes to the spices in Antioch, he says, spices in Antioch, don't view that. Again, the Mishnah said that if it's currency, so then he has to pay back, the husband would have to pay back 150% because it's to be used in investment. If it's items, it depreciates the value. He pays back less. He pays back 80%. We just had gold. Gold is neither one. It's not currency. And it's not, it won't depreciate. So pay that amount, the, the, the amount that's brought in. Rabiana comes along and says, there's other things which are also the equivalent of currency, even though it's not actual currency. For example, in Antioch, spices was, uh, was a very big business. And so therefore it's treated like cash um, where it's an investment. And therefore you, he would have to pay back, the husband would have to pay back 150% of those spices, the value of those spices. Amr Rishmo Bar Nachmeni Amr Gimalam Shalarviya Isha Gova Purna Mehem. 
Rishon Bar Nachmini says that when it comes to the camels in Arabia, similarly are used as an investment and the husband will have to pay back 150%. Okay? Similarly, Amar of Papi, Hani Tosri de Be'mirse, Isha Gova Purnamehem. When it comes to the robes in Be'i Kisne, so then it's also used for business there, 150%. Amr Papi, Hani Saki, Dirujah, Vashle, Dikim Chunya. Papa said when it comes to the sacks in Rujah and the ropes in Kimchunya, Isha Gova Purnamehem. Same thing. That uh, she collects 150% because it's used for her business. Amr Rava. Now comes the last few lines. Rava says as follows. Meresh Havmina. I originally thought, I originally thought. Hani Arnikin de Mechuza, that when it comes to the wallets, basically, the money pouches, the wallets in Mechuza, that Isha Gova Purnamehem. I thought that a woman could collect also 150% from them. That's also what I originally thought. However, says Rava, my taima asmachsaihu alaihu. What's the reason for this? It's because they rely on them. This is really referring to a different aspect, not just the dowry of how much is returned, how much is returned to the wife after the end of the marriage, whether it's 150%, 80%, or the, the same amount. What we're referring to here is really the payment of the ksuba itself. When it comes to the payment of the ksuba, in the times of the Gemara, they would get paid with land. They would get paid with land. They did not get paid with metatalin, with movable objects. Uh, because we cannot rely on it. However, the point of the Gemara here is to say that when it comes to the money pouches in Mechuzah, they did rely on it. It was so common and so uh, uh, everyone used it. So then we assumed that you could, that she would be able to collect her ksuba, even not just from land, but even from these money pouches, from these wallets that was so common in that city. However, he says, but he said that once he saw that people stopped using it, they would instead um, they would uh, sell it and buy land with it. So they're obviously not focused on the wallets, but they're really these form of wallets, but they're really focused on land. Um, and really, the money pouches were were um, would not serve the same role, would not be used, uh, would not be relied upon as uh, as land would be relied upon, and so therefore. Uh, he backtracked and he said, "In the end, no, uh, you cannot rely on uh, these these wallets. You have to only give land." Again, that was in the times of the Gemara. Just important to note that um, Tosos and the Rambam, the classic commentator on the page, Tosos and Maimonides, they both say that um, there was a decree from an earlier generation that af- after the times of the Gemara, before their time. That said that they, one could collect also, when it comes to the ksuba, from metatalin, from movable objects and not just from land. Um, okay, we are up to the next Mishnah. We will continue with uh, the Gemara in the next class.